Hello, this is Rebel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. So this might sound a little different today because Miss Alyssa is not here and I really don't have a guest host, but I do have a guest. Um, Alyssa has chosen to pursue other activities. Uh, some of you may know she's doing some work with TV right now and it's a major, major thing for her. And so she's had to let go of a lot of things. But rock and radio may continue. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> We're still looking at, at alternatives and options. But in the meantime, I found a guest who I wanted to put on this particular show because it's my hottest show going and I wanted to reach as many people as possible. My guest today is Carrie. And Carrie comes from junglefriends.org. And I'm going to let Carrie tell you what Jungle Friends is. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning, Revel. Thank you for having me on your show. You're very welcome. Glad to have you. Thank you. So what are, what, what is Jungle Friends? <laughs> Jungle Friends is a primate sanctuary, which means that we rescue monkeys at, that have fallen into the wrong hands, have been retired from research, confiscated by the authorities, or who are ex-pets. And that's one of the big problems that we have today as exotic animals uh, being bought and sold as pets which does not work out, <laughs> so it's not a good thing. And we're um, located in Gainesville, Florida, and we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Which means that anything anybody sends you as far as a donation, they can write off on their taxes. Or Yes, so they on. can. Now, where do you get the monkeys? Are they from across the United States or just in your area? No, they're from everywhere. <clears throat> we have a lot of monkeys from New York, from California, as far as Canada, actually. <laughs> so they come from all over in the most ridiculous places that you would not believe that they're keeping monkeys, but... Um, there's a, it's it's an explosion right now. The the pet trade is is ridiculous. The legal exotic pet trade is second only to the illegal drug trade right now in this country. Oh my god! There's that really? much money involved. Wow. Yeah. So it, is it legal to keep monkeys? Unfortunately, it is. It is not legal in the state of California, who are always you know <laughs> on the threshold of things and you know moving faster than other places, but it has been illegal in California for 10 or 15 years, and it still is legal almost everywhere else. We have been trying to put into legislation to grandfather in people that already have monkeys and give them some guidelines and some requirements as far as housing and safety, and every time we try to bring something into legislation, that's not my job, I take care take care of monkeys, but there are people that that's all they do is try to get this, you know, the exotic pet bans in. And with the grandfather clause, the exotic pet people are so huge that they're always lobbying and they get it squashed. Now what's happening is when a tiger rips out the throat of a young girl posing for her, you know, her graduate, her high school graduation, then they want to ban all exotics. When a monkey escapes and gets loose in the mall and bites a child on the ear, then they want to put a ban on pets. So it's not the bans that are being created now are being created because of maulings and bites and attacks from exotic animals. 
not because it's not a good place for exotic animals to be. <laughs> so that's one of the problems is when the public is afraid and then things are put into process by fear that are fear-based, then they aren't considering the animals at all. They're just banned and there's no grandfather clause and monkeys have to leave and where are they going to go? The sanctuaries are full to the brim. Um, so we're trying to get, what I'm trying to do is get more people, if you have a monkey, get become a mini sanctuary, you know, <laughs> and do right by them. I teach, I teach people how to care for them, how to give them what they need, and, and let people know what the problem is with pet monkeys. Not only are they dangerous and they're going to attack you and they don't belong in people's homes, but a monkey, when a monkey is stolen from the mother, they are literally pulled from their protective mother's arms, sometimes when they're only three days old, to be sold as pets. But it's not hard to imagine the horror both baby and mother monkey must feel during this traumatic and forced separation. It's just awful. And shouldn't be done. Mother monkeys should be raising baby monkeys, not humans. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay, before we get into this too far, I'd like people to know why you're on this particular program and not on my Celebrating Your Potential or something else. Mm-hmm. And the reason is I found out that Carrie is looking for raw vegan recipes, and I can't think of another place where people will be hearing this who will be sending her raw vegan recipes. What's the best way to do that, Carrie? Well, you can go right to our website, which is junglefriends.org, O-R-G, and right in the middle in yellow, it says, Vegan Recipes Needed. Submit your favorite recipes for the Jungle Friends cookbook. And this is going to be a way for us to fundraise and to earn some money by selling the cookbooks and the same turn introducing people to another way of eating, a more compassionate way of eating. Yeah, and this is for people as well as uh, the monkeys. It's mainly for people. The monkeys, they eat what we give them, and it's um, pretty much raw fruits and vegetables and seeds <laughs> and nuts. <laughs> but you all appreciated my green smoothie recipe. <laughs> oh, yes, and we're going to be giving, that's going to be given to the diabetics because we have diabetic monkeys here that are on a very, very strict vegan diet. Now, how, how did that happen, that the monkeys became diabetic? Well, people feed them junk. Uh-huh. They just, they, just like they feed their kids, you know, they just give them all the wrong foods. They don't give, get enough exercise. They lead a sedentary lifestyle where they're sitting in a birdcage with nothing to do, and they don't groom. They're stressed. They're very stressed. when they're, You can imagine their species isolated, so you can imagine being in, a, in confinement where you have no one to talk to or play with and monkeys in the wild groom each other, and that's a big stress reliever. And they forage in the ground and dig through the dirt and go, through, go to the bamboo forest and pull the shoots of the bamboo and eat it. They have monkey things to do. Mm-hmm. And when they're captive, they don't. So a lot of the monkeys become diabetic, and then we've got to take care of them. We've put them on insulin. We've managed to get everyone except one monkey, Connie, off of insulin since they've arrived uh, by giving them a good diabetic diet. Now, we kept the monkey biscuits in their diet, and two of our monkeys were way out of whack, were 450 and, you know, 380. We had really high blood glucose levels. So 
um, we had an attorney here volunteering for a week who was an attorney for the Physicians for Responsible Medicine, and she said, told me about the study that they did with the vegan diet in humans and how well it worked in reverse diabetes. And that it was not only a vegan diet, but the, the no processed foods. Sure. And the monkey chow is processed. Mm-hmm. So we took away their monkey chow and they have, and gave them like six meals a day, six little meals so that they're eating more naturally instead of one big meal and then munching through the day on their monkey chow. So that has, they came down over a hundred points in only being two weeks on the diet. Wow. It's amazing. And they're still, we just tested their blood again yesterday and they're, and they're both within normal levels where they are not going to have to go on insulin or oral medication. We are thrilled that this has worked out so well. And people can do the same thing. Yes. And what we're going to do, because so many people, we get calls all the time from people with their diabetic monkeys, and we're going to put up a web page for monkeys and humans (laughs) and talk (laughs) about the menus that we serve Mm -hmm. and things we do. And that's another reason for the um, recipes, because people can get that cookbook and learn, well, uncookbook, uncookbook. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and be able to take care, better care of themselves. I mean, I, it's becoming more, uh, people are becoming more aware of raw foods. That, I mean, it can cure practically anything. I think I've known so many people that have had such wonderful cures from all kinds of diseases just on raw food. Mm-hmm. Raw so vegan. I think it's important, right? It's Absolutely. so important to get the word out there and get the message out, not only for the monkeys, but for the humans too. <laughs> Absolutely. Why do people give up their monkeys? Because they become aggressive and they attack their children and then they start attacking the adults. They want to be the alpha monkey. And that's almost always why they end up here. They've started attacking and becoming aggressive or they've escaped and they've been caught running loose. And you can imagine they're primates just like we are. They're born and they want to be with their families and and then they want to grow up and move away and meet other monkeys and raise their own family. And what's happened is they're just stolen and stuck in a cage and they literally go mad. Yeah, so it would be a especially a male more so than a female, no? where a, a male would be aggressive because um, his hormones are up? Well, the funny thing about, we have a lot of capuchin monkeys, mm-hmm. and the, they're very close in genetics to humans. They're like, there's chimps, and then there's capuchins. There's humans, chimps, and capuchins. So they're way up there, and there are macaques that have a real hierarchy where there's an alpha male and everybody else under that alpha male, which is real, you know, this is the way it is. Capuchins, however are more like humans. Sometimes the females run the show, sometimes the males do, sometimes they get together and overtake, and those, these people are running, these monkeys are running the show now, and then this one, and so it changes. We ha- it's like a little soap opera out here sometimes. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> the way it, and then we have marmosets, where the female is the, she is the boss. It's a matriarch society, and the, even the males carry the babies. <laughs> they go back to the female for nursing, but the male carries the babies around. The females eat first. The males eat second. So I like that. It's, yeah, <laughs> as it should be. <laughs> we'll come back with Carrie in a moment. <laughs> Hi, 
Hi, this is Revel. We're back with Rockin' Radio. This program is being sponsored by MyPodcastExpert.com. If you'd like to learn about podcasting for yourself, your corporation, or your group, please contact MyPodcastExpert.com. If you're listening to this program via iTunes, you can find out more about this show and my other podcasts by going to Revel.com, and that's with two V's and two L's. My guest today is Carrie from Jungle Friends. Org. And uh, as you're listening to this, just go ahead and go to the site, click on um, send your, I don't know exactly how it's worded, but I sent mine in. I sent in my green <laughs> yes. smoothie and just go ahead and send in your raw vegan. The, most of the animals, am, am I wrong on this, but most of the animals, most of the monkeys are uh, vegetarian at least? Well, the spider monkeys are vegetarian. A lot of monkeys are vegetarian, and a lot of great apes are vegetarian, and some are omnivores. So the monkeys that live here, they live in naturalistic habitats. Now, we have spider monkeys that do not catch even, you know, don't, don't even dig for a bug. But the capuchins will. They'll pull up worms out of the ground <laughs> and stuff like that. But That's tasty. We don't get them <laughs> any of that, but if they catch it, there's not much we can do. Well, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's natural. Why it's would you? Way, yeah. yeah, it's natural. That, and that's why, you know, and I asked the people about the um, vegan diet that the diabetics were on. I said, well, they could catch a bird going, flying through once in a while. Is that all right? And they, and they said, that's fine. That is natural to them. Sure. It's not natural for humans to eat, you know, any kind of animal products, I don't believe, because of our intestines and our canine teeth and, and things like that, which mm-hmm. is so funny because you can look at the spider monkeys and their teeth are like ours. Okay. And they're vegetarian. Ah. And you look at the capuchin monkeys and they've got huge canines and they're omnivores. Oh, that's interesting. So they tear things up and swallow. Right. Ah. right. And that's why I tell humans and they think it's, oh, humans are supposed to eat meat. I said, no, they're not. Look at our teeth. Yeah. Look at our intestines. Ours are for grinding, and then we've got the long, long, long intestines, whereas uh, an animal eater has a shorter mm-hmm. intestine for quicker digestion and elimination. Exactly. We were not meant to <laughs> to eat animals. My mother always used to tell us, because my, my uh, father was a milk drinker, mm-hmm. so the kids all drank their milk, and my mom used to just look at us and shake her head and say, are you baby cows? Didn't I wean you? (laughs) (laughs) Good for mom. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She knew way back when that this was not not right. (laughs) Carrie, how many many, uh, monkeys do you have at your sanctuary? We have 90 monkeys right now. Yikes. We have two more that are coming the end of this month. And I have, and then I'm full until I can recoup some more care staff. We are in need of uh, caregivers. Money, of course, mm-hmm. and we need to build more habitats. I have over 100 monkeys on my waiting list. Wow. Most of them really? are retiring from research. Oh. So we really want to get them out of there. It's, it's so wonderful that there is a trend where they are retiring the monkeys now, and then I sure don't want to say no or we can't take them. I've told them, can we wait till April, and I've got myself some, you know, about six months leeway, I think, with some. Some are I'm going to have to take in a little quicker, but that's what we're doing, that big, um, the big Monkey Love Art Exhibit to help get the, get the funds in to try to get these other 100 monkeys out of the labs and get them into sanctuary homes. When they come from the lab, are they pretty traumatized? 
It depends. We have some monkeys here that we had, when they first arrived, they were capuchins, they, we had to have only one person go feed them, one person clean them. Only one person was allowed to go in their area because they were so freaked out. If two people came, that was a sign that something bad was going to happen, oh. and they would flip out. So we just had one person. Now they've been here for a couple of years, and now it's a little easier, but any strangers that come by, they're not real thrilled about. So we try to keep people away from their area. Um, then we have monkeys that were younger that were just they just had too many and weren't able to use, and they retired them, and they're a lot better. Mm-hmm. Then we have you know others that were in you know drug studies and things like that, and monkeys that are blind, and so you know they're it, it depends. A lot of them they're just fine. If they were in behavioral studies where they just got to pull levers and play with people, they they love people. But if they had really bad things done and pain and stuff like that, then they're not real thrilled with humans. They don't seem to have much use for us. <laughs> Understandably. And, of course, that's not our goal. Our goal here is to socialize them with their own species and have them become, you know, more like monkeys. Because most of the mon- all of the monkeys that we have here were species isolated in labs and lived for almost two decades by themselves. When, when you've got 90, but you've got various species, do, they have, do you have to separate the species? Yes, yes. We put them all together by species. We do have some mixed species. Uh, Mickey and Ebi are the two boys that come to mind. We tried to introduce Mickey to his own species, which is white-faced capuchin, and Ebi to, he's a weeper capuchin, tried to introduce him to brown capuchins. They both got into trouble in both of their groups, so we introduced the two bad boys, we call them, together, and they love each other. And they are just having the time of their lives. They've been together for years now and doing great. So once in a while we have mixed species, but we usually try to have them in the same species groups because they do have different vocalizations, different gestures, different, you know, traditions, if you will, that they each species, you know, does a little differently. So are they totally different languages or are they different dialects? Do you know about that? I would say different languages because they're totally different sounds. Mm. So, you know, and I try to talk monkey as best as I can, <laughs> but I cannot talk monkey like they talk monkey. And that's what I try to tell people. You can't communicate with these monkeys. They yeah. need to be with their own kind. Yeah. You must need a lot of space to be able to do that, to be able to separate the species. Yeah, we have about a little over 12 acres here. And we try to build as large and naturalistic habitats as we can. Our largest is 30 feet wide by 60 feet long and 24 feet high, where our spider monkeys are. So we try to give them as large a space as they possibly can, but let's face it, I'm still a jailer. They're under lock and key, and this is not the wild. And they'll never be in the wild, correct? And they never will. Mm, I have tried, and I won't go into that on this program, how I've tried to figure out ways to do, but basically humans need to to quit breeding. They're just, you know, there is no wild. There's not going to be any wild left. Yeah. Nowhere to release them. Oh, okay, yeah. And I I think maybe they don't have the survival skills, or do you think they would if there was a place for them to go? They are so smart especially the capuchins, they would survive. The problem is because they have no fear of humans and were raised as pets, mm-hmm. they know where the, what, the house, what a house is and where the refrigerator is and what's kept in the cupboard. So if they were released in the wild and found a village, <laughs> you'd have a problem because they would just go into the houses. Yeah, as of this taping, they're, they're having problems with bamboos, bab, 
baboons in um, South Africa. Right, and and the temple monkeys, you know, they've also got the macaque problem. And, and the problem is the human encroachment. They were there first. Yeah. <laughs> so we just have too many humans. We really need to do something about that. <laughs> what, I what do you suggest? Care. I did my part. I didn't breed. <laughs> what do you suggest, Carrie? <laughs> Quit breeding. There. So, see, now, I worked with abused and neglected children before I started working with monkeys for eight years. There are a lot of kids that need homes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of parents should not be should not be breeding. They have no business breeding. Right, right. And there are a lot of kids that need homes. If you want a child, adopt one that needs a home. You know, there's just, I don't know, there's a lot of uh, other alternatives and options and, and things. But that's a whole other topic, probably. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why did you choose monkeys? Well, it kind of chose me. I say, I did not choose this. It chose me. I had an ex-boyfriend was talking about, well, his boyfriend at the time talked about getting a pet monkey, and I talked him out of it for about a year. I thought, how absurd, what a ridiculous notion. Then all of a sudden, he found a breeder, found a baby monkey that he wanted to buy, and uh, imagine this, the baby monkey was born on the same day that he was born. Oh, he said, this is a sign (laughs) <laughs> I've got to buy this monkey. Now, maybe some, maybe there was something there, but... Uh, not, the, in- <laughs> not the time to be in touch with your femininity, dude. <laughs> That's right. Hello, mister. So he buys this monkey, Samantha. Mm-hmm. This is how all this monkey business got started. And on the website, you can go and, and click on um, early beginnings. I tell the whole ridiculous story, but I was an interior designer at the time. He bought a new house. I was decorating it while Samantha undecorated it. <laughs> so the novelty soon wore off, as it does with most pet monkeys, and he didn't want her anymore and was going to sell her. Now, this was a monkey who thought I was mama. Mm-hmm. So I, of course, was livid. And, you know, uh, so anyway, I didn't have the boyfriend anymore. I kept the monkey, and it's a <laughs> long story from there. <laughs> <laughs> how, lo- how long do uh, monkeys live? I have no idea. I have a monkey that is about my age. He's he's 51 years old. And I had no idea they could live to be that long. You still have Samantha? Oh, yeah. It's Jimmy Sr. And you can, on the website, you can go click on the monkey's names and learn all their bios and see pictures of them. And it it has all their, the arrivals, the ones that arrived in 2005 and 6 and 7, and click on their names or their uh, pictures They'll tell their stories. So if you go to Jimmy Seniors, he has got such a great story. Jimmy Seniors. I don't know if we have time to talk about his story. Well, we will in the next segment. Okay. <laughs> okay. But in the meantime, um, you mentioned Monkey Art Exhibit. We've got uh, one minute in this segment. Can you mention that? Talk oh, that yes. We're doing a big um, Monkey Love Art Exhibit, and it's going to be in Georgia, in Brunswick, Georgia, October 5th through 8th. And it's at the Monkey Love Dessert Bar and Gallery, and we're going to be having it from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all kinds of events, PowerPoint programs, uh, presentations, and their monkey art. The monkeys are very talented. This is monkey art painted by the monkeys. Now, it's beautiful stuff. I was looking through your website. If you want to see it, go go to her website. They've got some beautiful work there. They're very talented. Now, what are they using? Are they using brushes? No, they use finger paints, and they use their fingers and their toes and their tails. Really? You should do a YouTube video on that. You know, I should. I've got pictures on the website of them painting, but that's a great idea. I should have them painting and then put it on YouTube. That's a great idea. Absolutely. Get it out before October. We'll be back in a moment. 
This is Revel. We're back with Rockin' Radio. For information on my seminars, play shops, and teleconferences, please go to my website, revelations.com. That's with two V's and two L's. There you can sign up for weekly revelations, purchase my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self-empowering playbook, and or smoothies and smoothies for life, and contact me to speak for your school or organization. Your purchases do help keep this program and all my programs on the air. My guest today is Carrie from junglefriends.org. And uh, as you're listening this to this, please, I want her to get I want her to get inundated with <laughs> raw food recipes, raw vegan recipes. Um I sent her Alyssa's. I already did that. Her because uh, my my uh, the wild squirrels love the date nut tort. <laughs> so I had to send that over to you. I don't know if the monkeys will like it as much, but I think they will. They will. They will. You've not made it yet. No, I've got, we've been so busy, but it is in the plans for today. <laughs> oh yeah, really? Oh yeah. I want to hear about that. I want pictures. I sent you a picture of the squirrel eating it. I know it's adorable. <laughs> that was Chubbs. <laughs> now we were talking about Jimmy C. What is what is his story? Well, Jimmy C. A lot of people ask me how you know why do I do this, and one of the the best reasons is the monkeys that come in. Jimmy Senior, when he arrived. He was an abuse case, and I was called by USDA for placement, and they said they did not even know what kind of monkey he was. He had no hair. He was gray. They knew he was a capuchin. They said that he had most likely gone mad because he's comatose. He just stares into space, doesn't make eye contact, doesn't play. Autistic? Um, No, he used to. He did used to. Mm-hmm. So they thought that just because of the abuse and the isolation and the abuse, he went into himself. Mm-hmm. So we said, that's fine. You know, we'll take him no matter what. Just get him out of there. So we did take him, and um, when he arrived, he was in that state. He just laid pretty much comatose, staring into space. He had several of his digits amputated, mm-hmm. and the person who had him said that it was he was an organ grinder's monkey for the first 20 years of his life on the streets of New York, and they amputated his fingers so he could not pick his lock. Now, I mean, how I, I can't yeah. even believe someone would think to do something like that. But no. that's the story for his first 20 years. Then he was 20 years as a pet shop display in a place in New York where he was confiscated and brought to Jungle Friends. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, after he'd been with us for a while... He just fell madly in love with a volunteer that was working out here and started dancing and singing and playing and just really, you know, flirting with this human. <laughs> we used her as a bridge to introduce her to Chi-Chi, which an old, is an old circus monkey, mm-hmm. probably about his age, old, old gal. We don't know how old she is exactly. And they hit it off so great. And now what Jimmy does, whenever a man comes, he gathers up all the mulch on the floor of his habitat, climbs up, and throws it outside of his habitat at the guy. And if there's someone we're touring or someone he doesn't know, we tell them, if he hits you with the mulch or a piece of bark or whatever he's throwing, a monkey biscuit, <laughs> you have to fall down. <laughs> and they, okay. we have this on video. This is something else we should put on YouTube. Absolutely. Anyway, he throws it, and you fall, and the the man falls down, and he just laughs and jumps like four or five feet in the air. Uh-huh. He is so excited about being able to do this and to remember him as this comatose monkey that had no hair and was, you know, we didn't 
he couldn't even make eye contact. And to see him now, just, and, and that's one, one of the things that they, they feel so, they get so lost because they have no control over their, their environment. They feel that they have no control. Yeah. So a way we gave Jimmy control is if he throws something at you, you fall over. And that is a feeling of control for Jimmy. Oh. So, you know, so it, it's hilarious. It, it, it'll just, it just cracks everybody up that sees it. So we're going to put that on YouTube, too. That's a great idea. Yeah. That, I mean, how else? That, that's, that's the way to get it out there is to, is to get it out where people can actually see what's happening. Right. And find out the stories of the, of the monkeys. That's a, that's a great story. Yeah, he's just great. We do have a couple of videos on our website that people have done for us, but uh-huh. I, I want to get the ones of the monkeys painting, like you suggested. That'll be great. <laughs> now, who names the monkeys art? Did they name it themselves, or do you help them out? Ah, uh, they don't really care <laughs> what we call it. <laughs> I'm just checking in. <laughs> yeah, they don't really seem to care. I'm sure that they have their own names for it, but we don't know what they are. It's like nah, 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 nah. <laughs> If someone lives in the area, can they come and physically just help out, volunteer? Oh, that would be great. We are desperate for volunteers. And on the website, there's a place for volunteer opportunities. The whole volunteer packet is there. It tells you what we do here. You can fill it, download it, fill it out, come on by and volunteer. We can use all the help we can get. And um, do you also have monthly memberships or sponsorships? What? We have Sponsor a Monkey programs, and that's also on the website. On the left, it says Sponsor a Monkey, and there's a page you can go to, and you can actually pick out which monkey you want to sponsor. And there are different levels from $10 a month to $100 a month, which is a full sponsorship. And then you get a certificate that's framed with the picture of the monkey and their bio and a little DVD of the Jungle Friends Born to be Wild video and a lot of good monkey stuff. So it's it's really nice. And then come out and visit your monkey. <laughs> but beware, because we will put you to work. <laughs> <laughs> Cleaning up after your monkey. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we have people that actually come out for their vacations, and, and they come out and volunteer for a week or two or a weekend and, and just volunteer out here and get their monkey fix, as they call it. <laughs> oh, how sweet is that? Yeah, I, get, I received an email after I sent my... Uh, recipes in and said monkey hugs and it was so cute oh yeah that's cj our office manager <laughs> yeah that's so cute monkey hugs now on your site you say a hundred percent of the sponsorship sponsorship dollars goes to the care of the monkeys i'm being very nosy here because uh-huh. um people tend to be afraid to contribute to certain things because they think like the money is not going to their monk uh to the um to the their cause, cause mm-hmm. and it's all going to the owners and stuff. So I'm I'm going to be very uh, uh, blunt here and ask you, where do you get your money? How do you live personally? It's all I live here on site, and I um, purchased the property. And well, when I got into this, I sold everything that I had to buy this property here and move from the desert, which is where I was from, and move across the country. And be surprised to know how little you're worth when you sell everything. <laughs> so, so I moved here, and since then we've got gotten the mortgage paid off, and I've um, transferred everything, the cars, the land, the houses, everything into Jungle Friends' name. Mm-hmm. So I live here on the property. We have all the food donated, and the care staff even live here. For our care staff, it's 
the starting wage is 500 a month plus room and board. So we're kind of, you know, poverty level, <laughs> but, um, but the, it's, it's a commune and we all live here and take care of the monkeys and have our communal meals. And it's kind of like a lifestyle rather than a job. And we do need um, caregivers. So if anyone's interested in a, looking at a change of course in their lives, check out Jungle Friends. But if, and I encourage people to come and see how we live. It's a little primitive out here. It's nothing real fancy, but we have clean sheets. <laughs> that's good. And we have great monkey views. Aww. So anyone that wonders, I, and that's the good thing, is I have people come out and see what we do and work right along with us and see how we live and see how we take care of the monkeys and, and see where their dollars are really going. Oh, that's, that's good. Right. Do you have another monkey story for us? Oh, gosh, I could tell lots of monkey stories. Well, we've only got four minutes. Oh, four minutes? Okay. (laughs) Well, let's see. Um, Lulu was kind of an interesting story. She was, um, we had Hurricane Francis here, and she was left abandoned because they would not allow pets to go to shelters. So she was left in the house. The authorities were called that there was an abandoned monkey, and they went and, and got and got her, and the people were had her illegally. So she ended up over here, but she had escaped. Someone tranquilized her, and she was out for two days. We didn't think she would ra- wake up, oh. but she finally did, and I had her in bed with me just watching her every minute to make sure she didn't aspirate or anything, and it was so funny because when she woke up, she looked at me and went, oh, and I looked at her, <laughs> and she didn't know where she was. Oh. But now she's got a wonderful friend in Stinky, and she plays and has a great time. And, you know, for a monkey that was we did not think would ever come out of it, we thought she was dead when we saw her. And then to just turn right around, and she's doing great. Carrie, have you found that um, any of the other monkeys have other diseases, human diseases, by eating people food instead of their, their natural diet of... Oh, uh, yeah. Flavia. We have monkeys with arthritis and metabolic bone disease and all kinds of, you know, problems like that because they are not fed properly and they don't get sunshine or exercise. And, and cancer, we have monkeys that die of cancer. We have autoimmune diseases. We have all this craziness. Yeah. Have you, have you found that the raw vegan diet has made a difference for them? Oh, my gosh. Yes. And we've only done it with three monkeys so far, taking them off the monkey chow, and our vet was very worried about that, taking mm-hmm. them off monkey chow. It's specially formulated for everything they need, but they are doing so much better that we're going to work. Now, we need a lot more care staff to be able to serve the six meals a day to 90 monkeys, mm-hmm. of course. Is that how and, often they eat, six meals a day? Well, for the diabetics, for this way of eating... For the um, diabetics and the, the way monkeys normally eat is they forage all day and they eat through the day. Probably just the diabetics who would have to do this. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at edible plants, too, to plant near and around and in their habitat so that they can eat their own plants. Like bamboo they love and mm-hmm. banana plants they love. And there's a lot of things that we know about, but we're going to find more plants that we can plant around and they can just pick their own food. How about citrus trees? Well, they it freezes here. Oh, That's a okay. problem. I thought but, it was Florida. Yeah, but because they love citrus. Yeah. And yes. another thing they do is they um, will anoint themselves with, like, limes uh-huh. and oranges, and they just go to this crazy frenzy and put it all over them, and we think that it's uh, for the citronella to keep the bugs off. 
Oh, it makes total sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really crazy to see. If you're ever out this way, you really should come by and meet everybody. We'd love to have you. I would definitely do that. Great. I mean, we might even make a special trip out. There you go. You can stay right here. Make you one of us. Excellent. That sounds good. Okay. I, you know, it's funny because I don't know if I'm allergic to, to uh, monkeys. I guess probably if I went away to find out. Yeah. I don't know too many people that are. I'm allergic to cats myself, but yeah. I'm not allergic to the monkeys. Me too. Cats and horses, though. Oh. So mm-hmm. anyway, thank you, Carrie, for being with us. You can contact Carrie through her website, junglefriends.org. Do you want to give them an email address? It's Carrie, K-A-R-I, at junglefriends.org. Okay, don't go away. Um, some, they'll be able to purchase this book. How soon will you have that? The vegan recipe book? Yes, ma'am. I don't know. We need a lot more recipes. So far, we've only got about half a dozen. So if all of your listeners could please send in some of the raw vegan recipes, that would help. There you go. Go to her website, junglefriends.org, and send in your recipes. I want her to know that this show is listened to and that people are willing to help. Um, If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at revel at uh, celebratingyourpotential.com and that's Revel with two B's. My engineer is Bo Astrup. I'm Revel Revity Sang. Remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>